Welcome back, y'all. This is Juncture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, Juncture represents my love of films and dreams and the similarities between them. These are also the two topics discussed on this podcast. Dreams are the films our mind creates and films are dreams actualized. I use my multidisciplinary background to examine films and dreams through the use of symbolism, imagery, motifs, and other narrative and visual techniques involved in storytelling and understanding meaning. Today's episode is my very first listener submitted dream. First, I'm going to read through their dream submission and then I'll move on to a breakdown of symbols and their meanings. So the listener dream starts with, hi Juncture, this is my dream. I'm learning to ride a motorcycle with my friend, which is something that I will be doing soon in my waking life. I went for a solo ride through a neighborhood and was getting the hang of it. I stopped to park my bike in a parking garage and then went to some kind of event. COVID is still happening in my dream, but there is very little social distancing. At the event, which was a basketball game, There was a bottle service girl showing me and my friends all the money she made, but it was a bunch of checks. For a split second, I thought I saw my mom's name on a check for $2,800. Impossible, because she would never. It turned out to be a mistake. The event was a Houston Rockets game, and the mascot was a Sharpie named Sunzu. There was also a digital music performance, but the musicians were not in the same location. After leaving the event, I go to look for my motorcycle and I I can't find it. I'm searching everywhere. The everywhere becomes like grocery store aisles, particularly H-E-B and Fiesta. My friend who was giving me lessons tried to help, but it seemed hopeless. This was a lot to type, so I'll stop there. But I also remember things like needing a a snuggler helmet and green gas being expensive. And so now I'm going to go through each of the symbols and also characters and kind of interpret um, what they mean and how it can relate to the dreamer's waking life. So the very first most prominent symbol, of course, is a motorcycle. And the motorcycle, because it's a a mode of transportation, like a, you know, like a, so like a vehicle, it's like a car, you know, a truck, or, you know, something that's going to get you from some place to another. It's also something that you have to be in control of in order for it to work properly and or so you don't like kill yourself and die. So these type of dreams where you are the operator of a motorcycle or a car uh, involve or are about control. And the actual vehicle itself is a representation of control. And then you as the dreamer, if in the dream you are in control of this vehicle and things are going as planned that's a you know that's a metaphor of you having control and then if you're in a dream and somehow you're behind the wheel but the car or the motorcycle is just going off by itself and and the, you know it's driving itself and it's just you can't control it that's you know of course a loss of control in this particular dream you know, it starts off, the listener is in control on the motorcycle. They've gotten the hang of it. They're maneuvering it with ease, but it's when they park the bike and leave it. And they're, you know, going to do these things and they come back. The motorcycle is gone. It's as if to, well, it's not as if, it's literally... The object that represents control is lost. Control is gone. Can't find it. You're looking around. It's it's nowhere to be found anymore. The idea that in this dream, um, the listener is 
either in her waking life, um, having fear of losing control and this motorcycle and sort of looking for it is is a representation of also the anxiety that comes with losing control and then the sort of the loss of control like once you lose it and then that 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 fear of the anticipation of a loss of control and also in this dream and this is related to back to control as well the listener goes to a sporting event and a sporting event is usually a place that is fun it's recreational but in this particular dream it's also during this period that control is lost because they're at this event relaxed having fun and off someone you know in this parking garage the bike's gone you know the motorcycle's gone and like I kind of mentioned earlier there's definitely some anxiety about the fear of I would say because the game is a place where you go to have fun it's it's you know almost you could say it's also entertainment and the fear of losing control in these particular situations where you you're at you know you're somewhere and you're relaxed and you're letting your guard down and in that moment when you let your guard down you lose control of the situation or you lose control of yourself or you lose the control over what's ever happening around you that is also some anxiety maybe that's more specifically what the dream is saying about the fear of control that is in that particular those particular type of situations where you're trying to relax and trying to have fun and trying to let go and there's kind of like this worry fear in the back of your mind that you're going to lose control in these situations and that that anxiety that fear can prevent you from being able to fully and completely let go, you know, it's ideal that if you're in a situation, you know, you want to relax, you want to let go, like, it's a time when you don't want to be stressed and you don't want to be worrying about that. But it's that's a normal thing that people are going to, especially in these corona times. But even, you know, before the pandemic, it's something that I think is very common for a lot of people. A desire to get lost in the moment and fun, like I mentioned earlier, but still being anxious, worried. They let their guard down and control is lost. Needing a better fitting helmet is also coming back to letting the guard down and wanting to, to letting the guard down and losing control. If you're having helmet and you want a better fitting helmet, a snugger helmet, helmet it means you're wanting better protection or more protection or you need protection and of course on a motorcycle you should be wearing a helmet Um, but you also want to be wearing a properly fitted helmet because your helmet is loose you know you get an accident and that's not gonna be good for your for your dome when we lose control we feel powerless we feel overwhelmed or helpless and so the idea of getting or making sure you have the appropriate measures to protect yourself or to protect the action of or to prevent yourself from losing control because you're on a motorcycle you're wearing a helmet you're trying to get control of the situation in the event of having an accident sort of control that narrative oh you're gonna have an accident but I have this helmet on so I'm getting better control of the situation because if I have an accident, my head is going to be protected. That's that's the most important thing you want to protect if you're riding a motorcycle. Protect your head. This is that's an act of trying to control uh, outcome, to control the outcome, and to have that outcome be a less life threatening outcome in the event of something happens. So you're like prepared. So it's like you're preparing so you're in control of what happens to you but in this dream the listener said needing 
a more snug helmet. So I'm sensing that maybe she didn't have a proper fitting helmet. Um, that's what I assume. Continuing on with the theme of control, we find comfort and familiarity. Um, H-E-B and Fiesta are well-known and established grocery stores here in Houston. And I believe probably they're, mo- I think they're only in Texas, I believe. Um, the listener is in search for her motorcycle, which represents control, and familiar places and things like grocery stores that they shop at. But they're still not able to find control. Often we search for comfort and familiarity when we feel things are out of control or feel overwhelming, like during this pandemic. And also we find comfort and control and the predictability of doing, you know, having the same routine, going to the same places, buying the same things, waking up at the same time, going to work at the same time, leaving, coming home. Like that sort of routine, that predictability is comfort and safety. And it sort of feels like you have some control over the things in your life because you know where you're going to be at this time. You know what's going to happen at this time. You know if you stop at this store, you're going to be able to find the things that you need. Um, you're going to remember the layout of the store. And so that sense of control is during those times where we don't have control. We kind of fall back on our routine, what we would usually do to sort of bring that comfort, that calm, that sense of normalcy, I would say. And so I also think this dream may be calling attention to the fact that the listener may need to find new ways to return control and predictability back to their waking life. That may be the comfort and the familiar things like looking at H-E-B and Fiesta, so not being able to find control, to find the motorcycle, that perhaps there are other avenues or other things that they can do in order to gain control because they're not finding it or not going to find it in the things that are familiar to them and that things that they recognize, you know, they know the layout of the store, they know where everything is, except the missing motorcycle, except control, like you're not, it's going to be difficult to find it in the routine. It's sort of like realizing that you need a different method to achieve a different outcome. You know, if you're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same outcome. And maybe in particular in this place, in this um, particular situation, that the same routine, the same way of doing things is not going to get the listener the same outcome. They're not going to be able to find what they're looking for. What fuels your need for control? The listener mentions green gas being explosive. I'm not sure about the significance of this, but the first thing I thought of was that the pos- that it's something that fuels the motorcycle, that fuels control. And gas is it's dangerous. The listener mentions that it's explosive. And, you know, that's how it is in real life. The particular color, now, so I, I had two interpretations of the color. You know, green is also like life and it's like nature and it's health and vitality, you know, things like that. But it also made me think of, you know, like a toxic green color, like an acid green or a putrid green. Uh, It makes me think of something that's poisonous, like a poisonous gas or just like a poisonous liquid. Like, wasn't that toxic sludge on Captain Planet? Wasn't it like green, like this really ugly lime green color? 
Uh, oh, and then like when he would get polluted, when Captain Planet would get like polluted, I think he would turn green because he wasn't normally green. He was like blue. But then I think he would turn this weird color and then he would like be green. So like green, <laughs> it's like, it just makes me think of something that, uh, it also makes me think of something that's like a toxic waste or toxic sludge, like it's poisonous. And so my initial thought was gas. When when the listener said gas, I was thinking like gasoline, like fuel. That's kind of like a liquid. But then gas can also mean like a, you know, the other state of matter, like, what's it, like, a solid, liquid, gas, um, and so a poisonous gas, it can be toxic, it can be poisonous, it can be dangerous, it can be a weapon, but I don't think that really had any significance, but I just thought I should explore that in case perhaps it means something to the listener. But I do, I do believe now that maybe my first initial interpretation of the gasoline, of the gas being actual gasoline, I think is the most, uh, the most, the one that makes the most sense considering everything else in the dream. You know, like gasoline, it's the thing that fuels the motorcycle that gets it going so it fuels the control but gasoline is also flammable it's dangerous it's explosive so what is fueling the listener's need for control could be dangerous or it's not specifically what's fueling their need for control, but maybe the whole idea of being fueled to need or want control, maybe that's dangerous. Maybe it's they should let go and they shouldn't be looking for the motorcycle at all. You know, they should, you know, maybe in the dream, um, it's like instead of searching for the motorcycle, Maybe there's, you know, an alternate form of transportation, alternate something to that could get the the dreamer to the next stage or the next step in the dream. Maybe it was like, oh, in this dream, they're looking for the motorcycle when like, hey, like maybe you should be looking for the motorcycle. Maybe control is not something that they should be seeking because we all know especially in this pandemic that sometimes I mean even outside of the pandemic you you can't control everything it's not possible for one person to have control of everything so it's like the idea of looking for control or wanting control or being fueled for being fueled for a need to have control is is not kind of lost where I was going with it. But it's not uh it's it's really not possible. Like it's not something that is attainable. Something that it's not something that actually can happen. You're only lim- you're limited in how much control you can have over your life, over yourself. So like at some point, you know, you have to and that's a hard transition to make, but you have to let go of wanting control or trying to control certain things in your life because it's just complete out of your hands. So maybe that's what the gasoline is like. It's dangerous, so you shouldn't be trying to fuel the motorcycle, which is control. Like, don't do that because you're, like, going to blow up. But that's so maybe that's, like, the deterrent. And so you don't need it. <laughs> it's like a turn. You don't need the gas. You don't need the motorcycle. That's why it's gone. Like you don't need the control. Like just let it go, and and just you know let it go because you can't find it. Maybe it's not meant for you to find it. You know, like you're looking for something in the dream and you never find it. Maybe that's like your mind saying that whole awareness is that to make you aware that you're looking for something, and then you wake up. And you're like. 
I don't know where that is because I don't have it. So maybe it's calling attention to the fact that you're looking for something that you can't find. And so like you're not supposed to find it. So the next symbols that I'm going to go through are part of the characters that are part of the, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but the four aspects of, of self and dreams, which is are the characters in our dreams who are not actual people, but are different representations of us or the dreamer, whoever the dreamer is, they're different representations of you in your dreams. And they represent different aspects of ourselves. And there was like four main categories. And within those categories, there were different types of characters that fit within them. So the four aspects of self and dreams, there was the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. The physical health, wellness, safety, security, often represented by nurses, doctors, athletes, security guards, protective uh, type of people or professions. And then also, you know, like a nurse and doctor sort of health and wellness, sort of like protecting our body or saving our body in- internally. And then the sort of like security guard or like police officers. And I think also with the athlete, that kind of represents like the epitome of fitness and health. So it also goes in with the health and wellness theme of this uh, mental, deals with logic, knowledge, skill, problem solving, usually represented by people like professors, scientists, students, teachers. The third one is emotional, feelings, relationships, connections to others. This is often represented by partners, family, friends, neighbors, children. And finally, spiritual. And that is intuition, wisdom, conscious awareness. And this is often represented by religious figures, you know, like priests, nuns, um, ministers, that kind of thing. Angels as well. And then unknown people. So... In this particular dream, there were two, no, three. There are three, I believe, but I'm going to go through it. So the first one um, that I'm going to talk about is the friend. And this listener, this is represented as the listener, as a friend, which represents sort of their relationships with others and how they interact with others. And so I consider this the part of you that helps uh, helps others, that learns, that grows, also related to communication. And this can represent it with how you relate and connect and help other people, but then also how... Um, it how you relate to and help and are connected to yourself. Our emotional self, like I mentioned, it, it re- represents how we connect to others as well as ourselves. The bottle, the bottle girl was another character in this dream. Now I had two interpretations of this. One, it was kind of like a loose interpretation. Like I wasn't really sure, but the fact that it was meant like it was in the dream and it was something to listen or remember I felt like okay this is this might be significant like it was a very detailed thing so I was like okay something with this so the bottle girl I was like I don't I don't go in clubs a lot <laughs> like I kind of knew what a bottle girl was and I was like well let me look it up and kind of see like what is the if the, the bottle girl was an archetype you know, like how how will we describe this archetype? So, I like Google bottle girl, and I was okay. Like, what is this? Like, what what is a bottle girl supposed to do? Like, what is she supposed to be? Like, what is she supposed to represent? And then when I went back to the four aspects of self and dreams, I was like, what kind of character is this person? Like, what kind of character would she represent? Because like, where does she fit in the in the scheme? Because I was like, bottle girl. That's not. 
the spiritual connection is that the the physical the physical soften dreams like you know like where where does the bottle go fit in and so that's why this one's kind of like this was a this was a tough one for me because I was like I don't know if if this really makes sense in the dream or not make because the dream is not they're not gonna make sense in the dream but like is it gonna make sense to the to the listeners waking life so I don't know maybe they'll tell me maybe they'll let me know like how close I was to if this if it makes sense like you know because I could be off base with this but anyway what's a bottle girl and I picked the emotional self because like I said it's it's when I looked it up, I felt that it was closer. When I looked up, you know, like, what's a bottle girl? I felt like it was more closely related with interaction with other people and communication and sort of like helping other people. Like, it's a, you have to be like a people person to be a bottle girl. You know what I mean? And you got to be like a good talker because you got to get these people to spend money or want to spend money at wherever they're at. And so that's why I was like, okay, it's the emotional self. Like it's, it's, I think that, yeah, I think that was, that was the closest one. Like I'm looking back over the little chart and I'm like, okay, I think that was the closest one. And when I looked up, uh, you know, what's a bottle girl, I found this article of someone who was actually a bottle girl. And she described herself <laughs> as being part stripper, part pimp. The same waitress also said her job required her to flirt, you know, to dance, to hang out with the customers, to occasionally um, get other girls to, I guess, come to wherever they're at if they're having a party or come to their little VIP section at the club or whatever. And they also wore, you know, tight, short outfits. And so it's, and the, I, I, like, my conclusion at the end was that it was like a waitress. Like, the job description was like a waitress, but with more a sexually charged appearance. Or, yeah, just like being like really, you know, pretty or sexual to get people to buy these bottles and like spend money in the club. So that's why... I was like, okay, it's about connection, it's about people, and it's about communication. But then also, is it like, is it like the the sensual or the, yeah, like the sensual, like, sexy part of the self in represented in dreams? You know, is that like, I think it could be like a more deeper, specific representation, a part of the emotional self and dreams. Like, like, what is this character? Like, okay, I broke it down into the category. It's about communication. It's about people and like relationships or trying to like create relationships, whether they're genuine or not, but like relationships, but the image of the bottle girl is also a sexually charged image. So I don't know how that relates. In the dream, the bottle girl is showing the listener all the money that she made, but it's all checks and it's not actually cash. So the money is is aren't things that can actually be used on the spot. You know what I mean? Like, she can't, you know, you can't take the check and, like, a check that someone's giving you and go pay for something for it. Like, you have to be able to cash the check. And then when you cash the check, like, that person actually has to have funds in their account to be taken out. You know what I mean? So there's, like, a barrier in it actually being anything that can be used, like, in the moment. So... That was kind of weird. And that took me to this other weird saying that I was just like, I don't know what this has to do with it. But I was like, when I thought about the checks, 
And I was like, the checks, you she, you can't cash the checks on the spot. Like, you can't take it, a check that someone's written you and go to the store and exchange it for goods. Like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you can't, she can't cash the check hers. Like, she can't, she has to go to a location, to somewhere else and cash the check. Like, she can't cash the check. Like, like she can't exchange it for money directly I don't know if that makes sense so then that made me think of the saying don't let your mouth write a check your body can't cash and that particular phrase originates from the movie Top Gun <laughs> when, when Maverick I can't I don't, I, I, I've vaguely seen parts of this film it didn't catch, catch my interest for me to actually know what was going on but Tom Cruise is in it I knew that and Someone in the in the film says, son, your ego is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Meaning that Maverick is overconfident about his flying skills and taking risks that will likely result in him getting hurt or killed in a plane crash. I don't know how that relates to the dream. But it did make, because I was like, she taking these checks, she can't cash. And I was like, oh, that sounds like that thing. So I don't know how that relates to like the grander scheme of things and how it relates to the listener. Maybe... Maybe it's going to mean something. Maybe it doesn't. But I also kind of felt like it wasn't the literal representation of the saying. I think it might be more of... Because it's about saying it's about saying something and not being able to... Or saying or doing something and not being able to follow through with it. Which also maybe related back to the idea of having control. Maybe trying to control things that you can't actually put into action because you can't no doing things you can't actually trying to do things or saying you're going to do things but you can't actually do them because you don't have control of whatever it is that you're trying to do or you don't have control in the grand scheme of things so these actions these things that you want to do like you can't actually bring them into fruition at least not on your own kind of like how the bottle girl can't take these checks at the end of the night and exchange them for goods, you know, exchange them at like a store. And then even if she goes a traditional route and cashes them at a bank, there's no guarantee that whoever wrote the check is going to have the funds. That's why people, you know, you can't write checks at no nightclub at the, at the club because they're like, we do cash only or credit card. You know, because it's like you, someone can write a hot check. They can write on a fake check, you know. So it's like, it's risky to accept checks. So I think I think I'm on to something. I think there's like some kind of relationship going on in this, in this particular thing. But I don't, it, they're odd. So I don't know if I'm like really, really reaching or... There's an actual connection here. I don't know. But th- this is what this is what I came up with. And then, okay, so I said all this about the emotional self. So the romantic self is not on here, but the romantic self, it kind of romance with... So maybe it's still with like romantic relationships. More so with this symbolism. But it definitely has something, the bottle girl definitely has to do with relationships and communication and how you interact with people. But I'm just like, I don't, I feel like there's, there's more to it. Like there's within the emotional self and the dreams, there, there's got to be some other aspects to this that I'm just not really seeing. I don't know. So I'm going to move on to the next symbol. This one was really, this particular symbol was really funny. So the mascot in the dream was a Sharpie. And I had to, I had to contact the listener just to make sure. Because when I read Sharpie, I thought of like Sharpie, the permanent marker. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then in the dream, the listener said, that the Sharpie mascot was named Sunzu, 
So I Googled that name and then something came up for that. So first I'm going to go through the mascot as a Sharpie marker and then I'm going to go to the particular name of the mascot and that that provides like an interesting thing. The Sharpie, it's a permanent marker and I, I think before I even go into it, so I, I think this is somewhat related to what is called a dream pun. And it was dream puns are hard for me to understand, like, because I've never particularly dreamed them. So it's like hard to me to see how it would actually happen in a dream, like how my mind do that. But I had Google dream pun. Okay, because the first time I heard of it, I was like, I don't understand. it. I don't get this. But there's been some research done on it. This particular research paper written by Patricia A. Kilrow. And I just read the um, the abstract of her paper. And there were two points that she was going to cover in her paper. One was that dream puns are all based on either hominy or polysemy to represent abstract thought in concrete form. The second point is to point out that dream puns are dependent upon a specifically linguistic relationship, a mapping between the concrete and abstract senses of some of some linguistic data with no direct word image relation. The author considers examples of verbal, reversal, and visual puns, puns involving proper names, puns based on body language, and dream cartoons of common slang and expressions of colloquial metaphors. Which makes me think the whole check you can't cash, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was kind of like a dream pun because it's like, I guess it's like a colloquial saying. I don't know. This is why I don't, I don't quite understand dream puns, but I feel like the Sharpie being a mascot was somehow some type of pun because... A Sharpie marker is a permanent writing tool, one that can't easily be erased. It's a mascot in the dream. A, okay, so a mascot is a symbol, a representation of the team, their strengths, their skill. You know, like people choose a bull, they choose a a Viking, you know, or something that's like strong and like that they that they feel is strong or powerful. So they make a mask out of it because, you know, they, they want their team to be seen as also strong and powerful that they're going to win, right? And this particular mascot is a Sharpie marker and a permanent marker is something that represents something that cannot be undone, that cannot be changed. So I think that relates to... I want to say it kind of relates back to control. I think when things can't be undone and they can't be changed, that limits the amount you amount of control you can have. You know, because it's very powerful and gives you a lot of control when you can undo something, when you can erase it, when you can press uh, control. What is it? Control Control Z and 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 undo it. But like when something's permanent, the extent of your control is limited because you can't undo it, you can't change it. So I think it's it's related to control. And like sometimes you can't have control of everything because it's literally permanent. You can't undo it, you can't change it. Once it's written down, that's it. The permanent marker was named Sunzu. Sun Sunzu. And that particular name, that person, is a person that existed in real life. It's the name of a person that existed in real life. But to have this character represented in the listener's dream, or just in any dream, would represent um, the mental self in dreams. The mental self, of course, is a logical, it represents logical skill and, you know, problem solving, those kind of things. Sun Tzu was a Chinese general, military strategist, writer, and philosopher who lived in the eastern Zhao, Zhao? I, don't, I don't think I pronounced that right, eastern Zhao period of ancient China. 
Sun Tzu is traditionally credited as the author of The Art of War, an influential work of military strategy that has affected both Western and East Asian philosophy and military thinking. Okay, now I bolded this in my outline. His works focus much more on alternative alternatives to battle, such as strategy, delay the use of spies, and alternatives to war itself. The making and keeping of alliances, the uses of deceit, and a willingness to submit at least temporary to more powerful foes. Now, I think all of that goes back to the very beginning of the symbolism when I talked about having control. I mentioned the familiarity and letting go of the comfort and familiarity and finding new alternative ways to work out the sort of need for control or just new ways of doing things so that maybe control isn't the 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 need to, to control or control everything or control certain things isn't as important because now you have different ways of doing things and the whole idea of this this man who was a, a military strategist and finding alternatives to battle alternatives to war kind of goes back of you know not having just one one way of doing things but finding different ways to get to what you want to do so instead of I guess so instead of spending time trying to control this one situation trying to control this one situation and get to this specific outcome that you want to have let go of that control and trying to get that specific outcome and then maybe finding alternative routes or alternative ways and then also multiple being open to multiple outcomes multiple ways to get to where you want to go and and in doing that I think it would allow you to let go of wanting to control because you know to be open to these different routes these alternative ways of doing things and these alternative outcomes it's you know different possibilities you can't it's impossible to do that at the same time trying to have control because there's there's too many things because if you're looking at alternative ways to do things you're open to alternative different possibilities and so that i think makes control less desirable and you're not so fixated on it because you have other outcomes so you're not just focused on trying to control a situation or control an outcome or control yourself or control feelings because the idea of control I think is very narrow it's a narrow path because you have to be very fixated you have to you have to be very focused and very fixated and then you have to kind of you, you got to stay on that course on that that run route it's your only option you know because if you get distracted by anything else or you start focusing on something else you know it it takes away from the fixation and focus on trying to control one thing at a time because trying to control multiple things at the same time, like that's really difficult. Like that's really hard. And I think being open to different methods and different routes, routes, because it depends on where you're from. If you say routes or routes, but <laughs> it just it's 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 difficult to have the control in situations when you do that. But then it also makes control less appealing. And I think letting go and being open to different routes and different methods and different outcomes and different strategies is good. And that helps you let go and helps you not be fixated on that. And so it makes the idea of not having control of certain situations, outcomes, it makes it seem, you know, not as bad. Like it's not the end of the world or it's not the only way that something's going to happen for you. You know, because if you're if you're focused on multiple things, it's like you have multiple options. It's it's hopeful. It's optimistic. It's more possibilities. 
and control is like you don't have no other possibility you got to focus on this one thing you got to do it this way to get it and that's it you don't have time to focus on nothing else you don't have time to do anything you got to focus on this you got to control this one thing like put all your energy into this thing into this route into this way into this outcome because that that focus that fixation is going to it's it's going to um make it more likely or the illusion that by focusing on one thing control is going to be possible but it's like an illusion it's really not because sometimes it doesn't matter how much you focus how much you put into this one thing you're you still don't have control like there are forces there are things that are going to be out of your hands Sun Tzu like I was kind of went kind of long-winded but in the mental self and Sun Tzu it's really just strategy strategy alternatives to battle uh, to not be rigid and permanent like a sharpie marker the dreamer deploys one method to find or gain control perhaps there are alternative ways to 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 find what I think they're old maybe they're ultimately looking for or maybe just even if not looking for anything just that there are just alternate um, possibilities and just simply to remain optimistic to give yourself more options to to be open to that there's not just one way of doing things or there's or that there's not just one way to get to where you're trying to get to also and this is relate to back to finding or in search of control but finding something it felt more like a passive thing while gaining knowledge on alternative methods or alternatives to to whatever or different routes to something feels more proactive because it's a person considering thinking planning strategizing and actually in a way taking control of their life um, instead of kind of just searching and just finding but actually thinking okay what routes can I take what strategies can I employ so finding isn't actually or like finding like you're just searching for something like you're not really employing any kind of method to it you know you're just blindly looking right but if you create a plan and you strategize and create alliances <laughs> it's it's it seems like you're you're taking charge more like you're you know you're like a military strategist you're you're finding different routes different outcomes different ways to do things so overall i think that's 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 definitely important that and i don't know if this was someone that the listener had read about or why this particular name appeared in in their dream I don't know but it's definitely interesting that that particular name appeared and that it really fits in and ties back to the sort of loss and the gain of control options like it, it really tied in together so I feel like okay maybe the, this is a strong symbol and I think it's really important and I think it's probably um stronger than my bottle girl interpretation because that one's kind of it's kind of iffy like I don't know where that fits in the final and last symbol is, of course, uh, the only thing I really didn't talk about that much, the basketball game. And this is related to uh, the Sunzu uh, symbol. Um, because of the basketball game, it's a sport that requires skill, strategy, stamina. And I didn't write too much about that. I was like, this is just, it's, it's kind of a visual representation of of what Sun Tzu represents, the sort of skill, the strategy, the stamina. I don't want to say, I mean, it's not like war, but you know what I mean. Like just the type of, you know, the, the, um, the rules of the game, like how it's played. It's a lot more complex than some sports, I think. And because it's like, I think it's, it's mental and then also very physical because it requires that stamina to be able to run back and forth up and down the court for that <laughs> that amount of time. 
and just kind of, I think to say like, this is why this mascot fits. You know what I mean? Because I was like, the mascot, you know, it's supposed to represent kind of what, you know, what you want people to think about the team or how you want the team to be interpreted. So why not, you know, name it? Why not the mascot be named after a military strategist that is all about skill and strategy and methodology? And I was like, that kind of relates to, you know, that's like a good, I think it's a good sport for it to be, you know, if I was going to pick any sport, I was like basketball. I was like, that'd be a good sport to, to, to be a symbolism for that. So I hope my... I hope my dream was a good um, interpretation. This is my first listener submitted dream, so I hope it was it was somewhat accurate, applicable, applicable. That's a really difficult word for me to say. To the listener's waking life, uh, this dream was ultimately about control and the anxieties that come up around losing control. Also, the ways we find or we attempt to find control through familiarity and predictability but even then control can be can still be out of reach uh, sometimes alternative methods are needed sometimes change is needed it is the familiar and comfort in our lives that can sometimes placate us and make it harder for us to change in order to achieve new different outcomes that brings us to the end of today's podcast don't forget to follow me on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Juncture Podcast and you'll see my logo. You can also find me on Twitter at Juncture Podcast. If you're interested in having your dream analyzed on an episode of Juncture, just go to my Twitter page at Juncture Podcast and there's a pen post with a link to a form to submit your dream anonymously. Fill out the form or share the link And finally, thanks for listening to Juncture Podcast, and I hope y'all tune in next time.